Well, overnight, it's been another session of markets figuring out how to respond to what is a very confusing time. The news is generally good in the US, but equities don't seem to be pushing any higher. Bond yields have rebounded back a little, but there's still a lot of uncertainty around inflation and how central banks respond to it. And Europe seems to be going through troubled times. First of all, there's gas prices back on the rise. And secondly, Brexit. Yes, the B word. Could the UK be about to pull out of the deal it signed? And the Dow Business Survey out early today as well. It's Tuesday, the 9th of November, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down. It's lost 0.2% to the Japanese yen. The euro is up 0.2%. The pound has gained 0.4%. The Aussie is up about a third of 1%. Not much in the way of share movements. All indices in the US are up a little. In fact, the Nasdaq now is up a quarter percent, most of that in the last hour or two. In Europe, the Eurostox 50 is down a quarter percent. The FTSE is down slightly too. And oil is down as well. 1% for Brent, 0.9% for WTI. Bitcoin's gone a bit crazy. It got beyond $66,000 and it's come back a bit now. And bond yields back on the rise. Uh, four basis points on 10-year treasuries. Rises in yields across much of Europe too, although 10-year gilts are only one basis point up, but that's down 30 basis points on the month. Uh, if you look at uh, UK 30 years, which is down one basis point this morning, they've shed 50 basis points in the last month. Uh, yields down there to 1% now. And Aussie 10 years are down six basis points. In New Zealand, they're down one, but up. 41 basis points in the last month. So bonds all over the place. Uh, and it is bonds that are still dominating discussion. Let's get the latest with Rodrigo Catrill from NAB in Sydney. Actually, before we talk about bonds, let's just quickly look at uh, shares in the US because we've got 90% of earnings results now reported. Forecasts have been very strong. We had that plethora of good news that we talked about yesterday with the, the COVID pill, uh, the infrastructure bill, more borrowing, better than expected job numbers. But shares haven't really pushed that much higher, have they? Do you think they've peaked? Well, so there's, uh, as you say, there's kind of not much going on on, on the surface, and yet there's kind of a lot of question mm. marks or, or themes that are probably worth highlighting. And one of them is is quite right, is is the lack of sort of positivity coming from the equity market, uh, given all this positive news that we had uh, on Friday and over the weekend. Um, and I probably should add that this is not just a US story. You know, we've got to remember that you know europe has actually been performing quite well um you know they, they've been up for for a couple of weeks now um uh, mm. because corporate earnings there have also been uh, quite positive um and yet it's five weeks in europe actually they, they've been up and, and we're also seeing kind of lack of movement there as well so uh, there's also news about reopening the us is now reopened to quite a lot of more essentially the rest of the world uh, including quite a lot of european yes. countries uh, and yet we haven't seen those stocks, you know, related to the reopening theme perform as well. So um, certainly a little bit of uh, tiredness, if you like, uh, is evident in the equity market and maybe early signs of peak. But, um, um, you know, we've been here before where there's just a little lull and then bang, there, there's, there's another rise in, in equities. But certainly at, at the start of the week is, is, is an interesting uh, thing. Yeah, and, and, and uh, NASDAQ was down a little. It's bounced back now, but it was, it was pulled down by Elon Musk, who tweeted <laughs> to his followers whether he should sell 10% of his stake in Tesla. So he's, his argument was, so he would pay more tax because he's he's not really getting paid, so he's not paying tax. But if he, if he got a, a 10% slug of money, uh, then he paid tax on that. And his followers said, yes, that pulled Tesla down 2.8%. 
Um, yeah. But, you know, he's not stupid, is he? Give, given the share price is double what it was a few months well, ago. Well, that's right. He's got <laughs> so, 210 billion, selling 10%. It would yeah. be nice mm. to diversify away, especially when shares are at a record high. So Yeah, and some of it um, will go in tax. So there we are. Yes. There's, the, there's the PR. Now, uh, it seems bond markets have accepted it's going to take longer before rate rises happen, if they indeed happen. So, you know, I mean, here's the thing: nobody was talking about rate rises before COVID, were they? And now it's, it's now it's just assumed that we will see a lot of it. Yes, um, and I suppose there, there's there's a reaction to those rate rises that are interesting because when you look at the shape of the curve, particularly on the 10, 30 year part of the curve, you know the the puzzling theme of last week was uh, the reaction to to a pullback of those rate hike expectations, particularly coming from the UK, and yet uh, the curves mm. flatten uh, rather than, than steepening. So typically, you know, when you say, okay, there's no hikes coming, that's good for growth or for the medium-term growth and, you, and inflation, and therefore you see that steepening of the curve. And, um, and it, the, the market reaction hasn't been quite as expected and it's been a bit puzzling. Um, and even today, when you look at the, the market reaction, it's interesting to note that uh, the move up in yields has actually been primarily driven by, uh, you know, the, the break-even component, the one that tries to, you know, price in the, the inflation outlook, if you like. Uh, and in the U.S., when yeah. you look at the move in 10-year yields, um, it's really, you know, six basis points uh, of rise in break-evens. And, and the real yield has remained quite depressed at minus uh, 1.11. So, um, very much the, yeah. the market pricing in the, the, the risk of inflation, and yet they're not pricing in an improvement in the sort of medium-term growth outlook. Um, and that is a theme that is also evident in the UK. The UK well, yeah, the real, real is, yield in the UK on 10 years is minus 3.19%. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, so again, the reflection of sort of the greater concern of inflation you know, running out a bit wilder, if you like, in, in the UK. Mm. And, and minus 3% in real yields is, is a record level. It's incredible. Yeah. Who'd want them? Although, of course, if inflation is transitory, uh, it's going to get better, isn't it? But then the New York's Fed survey of inflation expectations for the year has it at 5.7%, uh, which is a bit higher than, than last time. Three years, still at 4.2%. That is a long-term transitory, isn't it? Of course, we've got this new definition of transitory, that transitory can take as long as it takes, so long as things go back to where they were. So, uh, <laughs> But three years at 4.2% is a long time. It is a long time, and... Uh um, I suppose that that fits into into the debate that is coming now when you hear the Fed speakers coming along, um, and and it's just a reflection of of, of uncertainty as well that uh, uh, everybody's talking about it, but nobody can actually, you know, clearly define or ascertain that this is going to take a month, two months, or or, or a year. Mm. So, I mean, we've talked in the past about, you know, the uh, we've played off the US against Europe. And at times it looked like Europe was coming out of this faster than the US. But now it does seem like the US is doing somewhat better. And all the news, the bad news we're getting is largely coming out of Europe now. So, for example, we've got news on Brexit. Uh, we've got the, uh, the, the the gas prices, which are back on the rise again today, because uh, yesterday was the day when um, Vladimir Putin had said supplies would be back up again. Uh, but, uh, you know, he was, it, Germany still hasn't approved the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. But despite that, he said he was going to ramp up supplies by the 8th of November. The 8th of November came and went. Not much extra in the way of exports for gas to Europe. And so we saw gas prices rising uh, 10%. That and then uh, what's going on with Brexit? It all just seems a bit of a mess over there. 
It is. I mean, the, the, I suppose, you know, the, the, the narrative of, of Europe doing well, and, and it's particularly doing well in the second half of this year, um, what was actually evident, and, and in fact, when you look at Q3 numbers in terms of GDP numbers, you know, we saw the US and the performing Europe. Um, so everything was looking fine. And, and um, the, the gas or the energy crisis um, sort of derailed that dynamic. And then the other thing is as well, which you didn't mention, is that uh, you know Europe is still a little bit more linked to the fortunes of China, mm. and China is also slowing, and that's evident in, in some of the data already now coming from from Germany in particular. So, uh, and of course, COVID, COVID as well is is a bit of a concern now that we've seen those rising infections in Europe, and again Germany as well, the concern there. So, there's been a, a series of new events that have come and 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 made it a little bit more difficult. Whilst uh, in the US, uh, the vaccination rates have proven to be very effective. And now we've seen that massive decline in, in, in infections, even though the, the economy is reopening and something that is sort of the opposite that we've seen in, in Europe as well. So COVID is still playing a big, a big part in all of this dynamic, um, whilst at the same time, you know, it has to be said that, you know, the, you know, the Gazprom the, the, and Russia sort of dynamics, there, there's a political aspect to all of this. Uh, there's mm. an interest from, from, from uh, Russia to put pressure on Europe to, to get that um, Nord Stream 2 approved and, and going. So um, clearly that seems to be playing into, into all of that dynamic as well. Well, two million people in the UK are served or have been served by or customers of gas suppliers that have collapsed over the last couple of months from this crisis, two million people. So they've now been moved to other suppliers on higher tariffs. So they're paying more for their energy, which obviously means less money to spend on other things. But Brexit as yeah. well uh, is, uh, we haven't talked about it for a long time. It's like old times now talking about Brexit. But I mean, there is a danger, isn't there now, uh, because of this argument over the Northern Ireland Protocol. The UK was never happy with the agreement that they signed. Uh, and uh, that, you know, there's a, a fear that they are going to inv invoke Article 16. Uh, and the ultimate conclusion out of all this, this could be that Europe could just say, OK, we're going to ditch the free trade agreement. Uh, and even if they yeah. don't do that, you know, let's just have a quick look at what Brexit is doing. There's a piece in the FT today saying almost half of the FTSE 350 companies uh, have described post-Brexit trading arrangements with the EU as damaging. Now, this is a lot more than the FTSE 100 companies. So it's the mid-sized companies that are hurting from it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's yet again getting messy there. And um, um, it seems that, you know, the, 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 the sort of the latest news is that the, the UK seems determined to, to go ahead and, and, and push for Article 16, whilst at the same time, uh, Europe has come out saying, well, if you're going to do that, then, you know, we, we pull it. The, the deal off and mm. there's no more. Um, so then that's introduction of tariffs and so on, which will make it even harder or even worse, if you like, in terms of the, 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 the Brexit outcomes. Um, yeah. So uh, the interesting thing to all of this is that the pound has actually performed quite well. You know, we've seen real yields decline in the US, in, in the UK by more, by record levels, uh, which typically that tends to be associated with a headwind for the currency. And there's this uncertainty around Brexit as well. Um, and yet the, 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 the pounds actually performed. So it's again, one of those sort of, un, sort of 
anomalies, if you like, that we've seen in, in markets at the moment, uh, that mm. things are not quite moving in, in, in the sense that you would expect. No, uh, more confusion, isn't there? We're, as we were talking about yesterday, it's a week yeah. of confusion. So the, the, the zoo survey for Germany is out later on today. Uh, Christine Lagarde from the ECB is going to be talking at a forum on banking supervision. We've got a few Fed speakers out and about as well. I'm not sure we're going to get very much from them, though. Jerome Powell's at a, a Fed conference on diversity and inclusion. You know, important, but I'm not sure it's going to say anything that markets particularly want to hear right now. No, and, and it's the theme for it's, it's been the theme from the overnight session as well. We had ECB Lane, for instance, speaking again, reiterating his views that uh, the inflationary pressures will prove to be transitory, mm. um, and to some extent, it's sort of a renewed or reaffirmation of of those different views that we know. So, Fed Bullard, for instance, also out again with a hawkish tilt arguing that this is the hottest the labor market has been. He's also not sure that labor participation will increase. So again, we'll play to the view that the, the market is already tight and it won't, it will remain tight. Uh, whilst at the same time, we also have Fed Clarida, which is a bit more, a bit more sort of centrist and, 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 and talking about the, the, his expectations that we should see an ease in price pressures, uh, whilst at the same time emphasizing that he doesn't see the need for an imminent rate hike in, 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 in the US. So, Again, very different views from, from members within the Fed, as well as also views, differing views that are coming from Europe as well. Yeah. Now, the NAB business survey is out this morning, um, possibly actually already out by the time you're listening to this, because it's out at 7.30 in the morning. This is for October. They'd released it at 6.30, and we could have talked about it. But, I mean, Alan Osler, uh, Oster gives a, a, a podcast where he normally talks about it as well, and we'll be covering it off tomorrow. But uh, I guess we just wait and see on that. And then the other thing is, uh, yeah, everyone's just hanging around waiting for the US CPI, aren't they? We also get the, the NFIB, uh, the Small Business Optimism Survey in the US, which has fallen below 100. So small businesses should be the small business pessimism survey at the moment but maybe that'll pick up today yes and, and i think that uh, the interesting thing from from the uh, small business survey is linked again to, to this issue of inflation to some mm. extent when you look at the economy in the u.s um what are the themes the themes that there's been a, a very strong recovery the themes the equity market is doing really well and the labor market is finally also recovering. We've seen lots of job creation, and yet sentiment is, is downbeat from yeah. also from businesses. And again, we're going to get the Michigan survey on, on Friday, which will be the consumer part of the sentiment story. Uh, and sentiment is not, it's not, it's not buoyant. Um, and the, the issue, uh, one of the major concerns is, is about inflation. You know? um, and the same, the same can be said about the UK in terms of the inflationary concerns and, and the impact it's having on, on consumers and businesses. So. Um, it's, it's quite an interesting dynamic again, because even from the political side, you know, Biden's could say, well, I'm achieving the, the things that I said I was going to do. And yet politically, he's not getting that support because there's a lot of concern around inflation. So it seems that uh, inflation is really the major concern for markets and, and for individuals and businesses. OK, well, we'll leave it there for now and uh, we'll catch you again very soon. Thanks for trying to uh, make some sense out of a confusing day. Good story, Rodrigo. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, Phil. And by the way, next Tuesday, the NAB FX hedging survey of the superannuation industry is set to be released. Now, this is a survey that always attracts quite a lot of attention for investors. For NAB clients who are interested in registering for this online event, you better hurry, reach out to your market's contact or... If you get the email promoting this podcast, you'll find a link to uh, to registering in that as well. That's it for today. Back again tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then. 